0: wanted the best you've got the best podcast the hottest, hottest. podcast in the world, in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host,
1: Chris Voss. Hi, folks, it's Foz here from dot com. .com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate it, which is kind of interesting because today we'll actually be talking about what some people call the big show, baseball. Uh, And uh, we'll be getting into that here in a second. Uh, But as always, please refer the show to your family, friends, or relatives. Give us five-star reviews we love over on uh, iTunes. Give us that glowing, warm, loving sort of uh feeling and i sit at night and read them and cry with a box of tissues and cookies and milk so there you go <laughs> go to goodreads.com fortress chris voss youtube.com fortress chris voss linkedin.com fortress chris voss and chris voss one on the tickety-talkety uh, where those kids are over there doing all those weird dances and stuff and we're trying to be cool but it's not working because we're not cool anymore evidently i don't know what can I say? Uh, we have an amazing author on the show. And for 15 years, we've been bringing you the most amazing people on the show, the brilliant minds, the billionaires, the the astronauts, the, the Pulitzer Prize winners, the newsmakers, uh, all the hottest book authors. And uh, God, who do we forget? White House advisors, everything else. And little old moi, me. I'm just some guy with a mic who's been doing this. And uh, we thought we'd show up every day. And and do something for fun. Uh, we have an amazing gentleman on the show. He has written a multitude of books. Joe Posnasky is on the show with us today. His hottest new book has just come out September 5th, 2023. Why we love baseball, a history in 50 moments, and you're going to love this. Uh, Whether you like baseball or not, maybe you will rediscover baseball if you've fallen away from it. There's been a lot of great changes in sport as it's gone on. Uh, Joe is the number one New York Times bestselling author of six books. I believe this is the seventh, uh, including Paterno and The Secret of Golf and has been named national sports writer of the year by five different organizations he writes at his website and currently lives in charlotte north carolina with his family and i should add, I should add this is a new york times bestseller and a wall street journal bestseller so he's hitting home runs here welcome to the show joe how are you
0: i am great i'm great i'm intimidated by the uh not the intro, but the lead-in. All of those incredible people you've had on this show. I like this is this is a big step down from the astronauts and Pulitzer Prize winners. Oh for no, sure.
1: no! I mean, yeah, Wall Street Journal and a New York yeah. Times bestseller. Come on, man! You're 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 raking it in there, buddy. You're 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 a big star in our books. And so, uh, tell us, uh, tell us a, a thirty thousand overview of this book and what's inside.
0: Yeah, I I mean, this book is, the the, the weird thing for this one is, you know, and you you mentioned this was my seventh book, is I had the title first, which I never do with my books. Uh, I just knew uh, after my last book, which was called The Baseball 100, which was a countdown of the greatest players Mm -hmm. uh, ever, I just knew that I wanted to write a book about why we love baseball and and what it is that that still captures our minds about this game that's been around for 150, 200 years and and I really wanted uh, to do that by by sharing with the mo- the moments of the game, really mm-hmm. talking about the different moments of the game, uh, why they capture our imaginations, why they uh, continue to resonate with us, and uh, so that's what this is. It is a, a countdown of sorts of, of the 50 greatest moments or 50 most magical moments in baseball history, uh, along with a whole bunch of other moments that I squeeze in uh, throughout <laughs> the book in various different ways. Uh, so it's, you know, I, I feel like no matter what, nobody's going to come to me and say, Hey man, I didn't get my money's worth out of this book. Cause it, it promises 50 <laughs> moments, but there are actually 108 moments in here. Oh, you are there double, really? Double the price. Yeah. Double the delivery. Yeah, exactly. All over the place. But, but there are funny moments and, and uh, silly moments, but also, of course, incredibly inspiring moments and emotional things. And, and that's, to me, what it is that I think we love about baseball is that it it really captures us in so many different ways. And, and, and so I wanted uh, to try to, to, to do that, to tell that story through all of these incredible moments of the game.
1: There you go. Uh, so, uh, so basically, it's a two for one where uh, you buy the book for fifty moments, and you get uh, hundred eight or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> maybe exactly that should right. have been the byline,
1: every... a two for one on <laughs> <laughs>
0: What I wanted to put in there, yeah, history of fifty moments, and below it, like, but there's so much more, like bonus material in here, you know. So there you go. Uh... Why
1: did you feel like these moments were, and and how did you pick them? were the were the most important, and and are you gonna have are you gonna have people coming up to you and go, hey, you forgot that one time at the one thing?
0: <laughs> oh, I've had that happen already. Yeah, I've definitely <laughs> had people say, oh, where was my moment? start um, an argument, exactly. Which is fun. Which is yeah. which is another part of the fun. Um, this was really cool to me because none of these moments, what 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 I was thinking about when I picked the moments was not is this the most important moment or is this the most dramatic moment? Mm. Uh, all I was thinking of, is this why we love baseball? That was, mm-hmm. that was the entire thought process. So every single moment came in. So there's a, there's a, there's a very famous moment, which you might remember. I, mean, I don't know how famous it is, but there is a great moment uh, of a few years ago where the New York Mets pitcher Bartolo Colon hit a home run. And mm-hmm. Bartolo was very famously a terrible hitter. He was uh, he he was listed at something like two forty five, which I'm sure he was at some point in his life, but was not when he hit the home run, and it took him so long to run around the bases that literally he it took him longer. There there's there's another very famous moment about Kirk Gibson hitting the the home run that won a World Series game on one leg. Essentially he wasn't supposed to play and he, he hit the home run on one leg. It took Bartolo Colon, a fully healthy Bartolo Colon, longer to run around the bases than it took Kirk Gibson on one leg. And that moment is absolutely in my book. It's absolutely <laughs> because it's why we love baseball. And and if it was the 100 most important moments or the 100 most dramatic or 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 you know, anything inspirational most awesome. That moment doesn't go in there, but when you're guided by this principle of like what this, what really this is about is does this moment explain in some way why I love baseball? And by me, by I, I mean anybody um, Then it's in here. So a ball hitting Jose Conseco on the head and bouncing over the fence for a home run that's in here, you know, that, yeah. that's in here. And so people come up to me all the time and go, how could you live out, you know, this moment from the 1967 World Series? And I'm like, because the ball hit Jose Canseco <laughs> in the head and bounced over the fence for a home run, right? So yeah, yeah I mean it really that was that was my favorite part. I, I tell people all the time that in many ways this was the most personal book that I've written since my first book. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's personal in ways that are hard to describe, but the main thing is every single moment I thought about with this book revolves around why we love baseball.
1: There you go. And, and, uh, you know, if anybody says you missed any moments, just say, uh, that's in book two. Yeah. You know, that's the next cool <laughs> Exactly. One. We'll get
0: to we, it. We've got several <laughs> more coming. I mean, come on,
1: <laughs> just keep going. We'll just say, just have everyone contribute to the book that way. And you don't have to, you don't have to do the research or anything, but, exactly. uh, so tell us a little bit about your history and, uh, how'd you grow up and how did you fall in love with baseball?
0: So I grew up in, in Cleveland, um, and, and, uh, I am a first generation American. My, my parents moved to, to, uh, the United States just a couple of years before I was born mm-hmm. and my father, uh, and I try to explain this all the time. And I think people who, whose parents, uh, or grandparents came to this country, really relate to this. My father, it was very important for my father to raise his sons as Americans. Mm -hmm. That was just very important to him. He wanted, he, he wanted to be an American and he wanted his sons to be Americans. I Mm -hmm. mean, just like my father is one of those people who his favorite holidays, Thanksgiving and on 4th of July, he loves driving around and seeing all the fireworks, like in people's backyards. I mean, he's, he is as American as they come, with this incredibly thick accent, right? Uh-huh. And for him, raising the son as an American meant teaching him baseball. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my father didn't grow up with baseball. He didn't know the game at all. But he learned it. He learned baseball so that he could teach his son how to play, teach him about some of the great players of, of the game. So so I grew up with the, with this sort of this sense that baseball – meant something even more than just the game. I loved it. I loved playing baseball. I loved watching it. I loved going to the games, you know, on the rare times that we could go. Uh, my father worked in a factory. So so he would come home from the factory and we'd play catch. and And it felt like, important somehow so mm-hmm. i grew up a big sports fan across the board I'm, I'm writing a football book now i love football uh i grew up with it and, and basketball and hockey and all the others but there was something special about baseball because i think of its connection to to what america is you know mm-hmm. and i think isn't the game kind of it,
1: it you it seems like it's a little bit more about personalities because there's time to watch the personalities and there's time to you know it's 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 more than just, you know, football's a very fast game. Basketball's very fast game. Very fast. And I'm sure there's, you know, lots of great classic moments in there, but 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 most of it's probably on the field. You know, you might catch some. You know, I don't know Tom Brady yelling at somebody you right. know, on the sideline right. or something. But even then, I don't think that really stands out as all that memorable. He did it quite often, actually. Sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I mean, it, it doesn't seem like one of those things. But there's something about baseball that where it's a slow enough game where uh, and they've they've done stuff to speed it up. But it's a slow enough game where it's kind of the personalities I think maybe are more impacted. You know, watching. Watching, you know, the 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 coach go out and yell at the uh, you, you know work it out on the mound and the pitcher and yell at the umpires and you know there's a there's a whole lot bigger dynamic in chess game that's going on there.
0: I totally totally agree with you, and I, I love that you're saying that because this was as I was thinking about this book and and how mm-hmm. to write it. These are exactly the thoughts I was having. I think it's it is a much slower game, and mm-hmm. it's a much slower game in the sense of when you're in the stands. You have time to talk to your friends. You have time to talk to people, strangers who are around you. You mm-hmm. have time to reminisce about things that you've seen before. Um, you look at this player and go, "Oh, this player kind of reminds me of of this player that you know that I grew up watching." Or, or this day reminds me of a game that I saw five years ago, or ten years ago, or fifty years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And. There isn't that time in football. There (laughs) isn't. You're so focused, right, on the next play. like, oh, my gosh, we're down three. And this is like nothing else matters except for what you're there right now. But in baseball, you can really stretch out and and Mm -hmm. feel all of these different things. And you're right about the personalities. Um, What I have found, having written, being a longtime sports writer, uh, I wrote for newspapers for many years and, of course, wrote about – the baseball team or about football team or about basketball team. And what you find is in baseball fans, and this is very, very generally speaking, but in a general sense, fans really care about the backgrounds of the players. I mean, they really want to know their story. How, Mm -hmm. how did this person grow up? How did this person learn to love baseball? Like, like what is their, you know, what do they care about this? And in football, it's significantly less so i mean they're 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 behind helmets there's so many of them on the field and you know sometimes i would say you know i'm trying to tell the story of how some football player grew up and i would i would get people who would respond like i don't care all i care about is like but they deliver on sundays i mean that was the kind of response i would get and yeah. and so i think baseball is different in exactly the ways that you're talking about
1: there you go, and and maybe it's more endear to people uh with baseball, uh, you know, growing up because you can play kind of baseball and catch with your dad, right. but it's a little harder to play football with your dad, I mean, especially if he tries to talk to you when you're twelve <laughs> you know uh, yeah
0: yeah, I mean it, there is it, it's it, there is certainly a a family element to football, yeah. and the the family element that I keep running across is. You know, we've had giant season tickets for 50 years, right? My grandfather mm-hmm. passed them along to my father, passed them oh, to wow. me, my mother, whatever. So, I mean, there's, there's, there is that. Mm-hmm. But in baseball, it's, it's definitely like when I was writing the Baseball 100 about all of these great players, I couldn't believe how many of them kind of learned the game from their their dad, learned the game from uh-huh. from their, you know. And it's true in football too. But a lot of times in football, it's true because their dad happened to be the high school coach, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a different feeling of like a, a lot of times, yeah, I learned the game from my dad because my dad was teaching everybody rather than sort of the way like my dad taught me baseball. My dad was, you know, he didn't he didn't know how to play baseball. Like he had taught himself how to mm-hmm. play baseball, but he still taught me because, you know, that's sort of the way it was. So I, I think that there is. A family element, but it is—it's—it's it's really pronounced in baseball. I think, unlike other sports,
1: I can really see that with your book. That gave me the epiphany about how you know there's a there's a difference to the game. You know, I grew up a, a Dodgers fan as a kid uh, back in those sort of days, and uh, Steve Garvey. Um, yep. and, and, you know, I mean, you watch the game and, you know, watching Thomas sort of go out and yell at somebody or do whatever he's doing, <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't play the game. I mean, he doesn't play the game as a player. So you're not, you know, I, I you know, I'm, it, but you're, if you're watching a football game, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of people focus on Bill Belichick was a little Darth Vader thing going on. Sure. Uh, you know, or, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll talk about the coaches a little bit, but you're really not that much into the. Whatever, and you know the coach isn't running on the field. I don't think you can on the NFL. Um, you can't.
0: No. Yeah, no. They'll, yeah. They'll they'll absolutely throw a flag on you. There there's there's some really cool uh, things that that I think about all the time with baseball. There are these various sort of on the field little sort of plays that happen, like mm-hmm. a, a pitcher is you know going to get pulled out of a game. It doesn't just happen the way it does in football, where they just run off the field. Yeah. The manager goes out, takes <laughs> the ball away from them, points to the bullpen. The bullpen has to, you know, the, that guy runs in. Everybody's watching. You take a pause for for that guy to warm up. It's like a whole. It's like a whole thing. It's like you know, it's a whole dramatic thing. And 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 I think that adds like some sort of like uh, I don't know resonance to the moment. Yeah. And football, in and out, in and out. Basketball, you know, you just sit at the scorer's table and wait for them to call your name, and then you're you're in the game. I mean, there's there's not the same level of like uh, interaction, I think, between yeah. the fans and the moments. Um, you know, but football, of course, has so many other charms. Yeah. Uh, that, that are, you know, like nothing is more fun than watching them yank the stupid chains out to tell you whether it's a first down or not, yeah. you know, like that. So, I mean, it, it has its own things, but it's not baseball has so many more. And, and I just think that's cause it's so much older a game, I think.
1: There you go, and I mean, I'm a Raiders fan, so you know I'm a '70s uh, sort of kid. So you know, used to be about knocking people's teeth out and hurting, (laughs) but (laughs) sadly they they changed that. But uh, you know, I mean, still you look for the great plays. But yeah, if you blink in in the in NFL, uh, you miss the play. And you, right. you know, you, 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 uh, and you know, even when I sit and watch it on, on TV, um, you know, I'll be maybe working and I'll, if I look aside from a side, I'm like, I'll miss some great play. Oh God damn. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much anticipation, I think maybe anticipation is a great word for it. And the, the art of the game, the, the chess play of the game of, you know, throwing the balls, throwing the strikes, what is, what, it, you know, it's, it's the mano a mano sort of sun uh meet me on the you know that way west thing the meet me at sun sunset and we're going to go guns oh guns ablaze and one-on-one and it's kind of that face-off between those two individuals on the mound and the, on the plate and maybe that's really an aspect that makes it different uh and unique and and have a little bit more of that anticipation and and the play-in of it where you're like, what's he going to do? Uh, I don't know. Um, what were some moments you can tease out in the books that maybe surprised you or maybe some of your favorite tidbits?
0: There are a bunch of them that, that I really loved. And, and you know, what you talk about is 100% right in in the sense of the these duels. I've got a whole section in the book called uh, Five Great Duels where right. I, I talk about, you know, very specific because baseball is – it's a team game, but it's, but it's an individual game more, more than like they blend that individual and team game much more than any other sport. I mean, in football, ultimate team game, nobody can do anything by themselves. I mean, you can't even, you know, somebody's got to snap the ball to you to even <laughs> get the play started. Right. So and in basketball, you can do a little bit more one-on-one stuff, but, but so much of it is still, you know, you've, you it's, it's so much about a team and baseball, it's a team game. But when you step up to the plate, I, you know, Derek Jeter talks about this. When you step up to the plate, it's just you and me. That's it. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, there are fielders out there to help you as a pitcher. But it's just you and me. And it's it's your brain and your pitches and your strategy against mm-hmm. my brain and my strategy and my sense of what's going to happen. So I write about great duels. Some of those are uh, I, one of my all-time favorite duels is is the one between Reggie Jackson and Bob Welch in the oh. nineteen seventy-seven World Series, uh, seventy-eight World Series, I think, because uh, it was the year after he hit the three home runs, uh, oh. where he faced this young, you know, Bob Welch, who would later on, you know, win a Cy Young and, and become a very good pitcher. But at that stage, he was just a kid, just out of the minor leagues. Reggie was already this this larger-than-life figure they face each other and it was like at sunset, you know, the, the, the way the television cameras sort of covered it, like back to his brow, you know, he's, he's, he's sweating. And then to Reggie kind of with that big, like, I got you now moment. I mean, it just, there's a, there's a wonderful, wonderful like interplay between the two, um, which I think is a great, great part of baseball. So, so I write about, uh, you know, great duels like that. Uh, There are very famous moments in here. I think hopefully all of the like truly, truly famous moments, Babe Ruth hitting his, his called shot home run where he pointed to center field or did he, nobody, you know, the, the argument goes on Um, the shot heard around the world, the 1951 giants uh, you know, on the last day uh, having been given up for dead, coming back and, and hitting the home run that Bobby Thompson hitting the home run that won, uh, that sent them to the World Series, and uh, Kirk Gibson's uh, home run we already mentioned. Willie Mays' great over the shoulder uh, catch, and and so like there are all of these great, famous moments in here, and and what I tried to do with those moments is find something different about them because those are very famous and people will know a lot about them, and and I want to be able to to tell them like the shot her around the world. I want to be able to tell them about the first base coach who, who oh, if, if you watch, if you watch the, the film of it uh, he's going absolutely crazy. It's, it's actually once you notice him, it's like you you'll never forget it. Cause he's just losing his mind. And he had a very, he had a great story. So I, I was able to tell his story. So for famous moments like that, I wanted to do that. But then there are a lot of moments in here uh, that nobody knows. or very, very few people. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, moments like the story of Chelsea Baker, who is a, a young, uh, she's still a young woman, but she was a girl, 11 years old, who threw two perfect games in Little League. Oh, wow. And, and super cool story because her story is that when she was six years old, she, she joined her little league team. She was the only girl on the team mm-hmm. She begged the coach to teach her how to throw a knuckleball. And the coach kind of kept saying, no, no, but she was persistent and the coach taught her how to throw a knuckleball. And that coach was Joe Negro who, who won more than 200 games in the major leagues with his wow. knuckleball. Yeah. And brother of Phil Negro, uh, one of the, you know, maybe the greatest knuckleball pitcher ever. Um, and he taught her the knuckleball, and she threw two perfect games, throwing that knuckleball against eleven-year-olds who had no idea what was coming. And, and so, stories like that—there are a bunch of those in this book that are that are, you know, it was just a joy for me. Like this is the—I would say—you are always excited for a book to come out, but this was this was different. When when this book, for the weeks leading up to um, the book coming out. I mean, I was just like so anxious and excited. I just wanted people to see some of these cool little moments that I had discovered or found along the way that I didn't know about, as a pretty big baseball fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was really excited to sort of share share those moments with people.
1: There you go, and and kind of endear people back to the game. I mean, uh, remind people of of how great this game. I mean, this game at one time was you know American as they come, apple yeah. pie and I don't know Coca Cola and Chevrolet, a,
0: yeah, Chevrolet thing. and <laughs>
1: and that And in somewhere it got lost in all the all the things. I grew up uh, loving the game. Reggie Jackson was my second favorite player next to uh, next to Steve Garvey, yeah. and uh, I'm still a, I'm still a Dodgers fan. Um, and uh, but I I do miss Tom and sort of. It was so fun to watch. <laughs> oh
0: sure, it's just a blast. I'll tell personal. you who you have to miss. You have to miss Vin Scully. There's there's a mm-hmm. there's a wonderful. Uh I think a, a wonderful my one of my favorite chapters in the book is uh the story not only of Sandy Koufax throwing his his perfect game mm-hmm. but of Vin Scully calling that game you know announcing that game from the booth uh I I believe it to be the greatest announcer call in the history of sports and and you know I always used to be so jealous of people who grew up Dodger fans because they would listen to Vin Scully. I only got to hear him when he was on the broadcast on he Saturdays. Was iconic. But yeah. yeah, iconic. Just every night getting to to hear Vin
1: lived a long time too. Oh
0: history. gosh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's awesome. I mean, some of the baseball announcers have always been iconic. Was there? Uh, I'm trying to think of a few that can, I can hear the voices in my head.
0: Oh, but, Jack Bach, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys like like that, like Ernie Harwell in Detroit. Everybody had one. Every town. Mm-hmm seem to have like this iconic announcer. And that's different than football too. I mean, they're a great, great football announcer. You're a Raiders fan, so you know Bill King, oh. uh, who's obviously one of the all-time greats. Yeah. But mostly it's baseball announcers. And I think that also speaks to what you're saying, which is mm-hmm. football is very, very – I mean, you can listen to it on the radio because if you can't watch it on TV. But it's a visual game, mm-hmm. and, and you really – you, it's frustrating to listen to the radio because they're like, what a great catch. And you're like, well, what did that catch look like? I want to know, right? <laughs> but baseball is like just as good on the radio in a different way than it is, you know, because it, it sparks your imagination and you get stories and, and so, so yeah, there are tremendous iconic announcers in baseball.
1: And there's that anticipation. He's stepping up to the bat and the play. Yes, The pitcher is winding up. Yes. You know, it, you, you have that anticipation where in football, it's like, He threw the damn thing. I (laughs) think I caught it. He's running down the field.
0: Exactly right. right." Well, in football, it's the play, which you have to rush through. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, it's very funny that, I mean, I think Al Michaels is probably the greatest football announcer on TV. But I love Pat Summerall. And Pat Summerall's calls were always like Montana, Rice touchdown that's it like you like there was no there was no description you know because you don't need it you don't need it in football but in baseball the like the way vin would be poetic and and the way jack buck would just leave his heart out there and harry Carey, of course and harry Carey, that's some of the other some of the other greats i mean it is uh you know it's 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 wonderful
1: i still miss madden nfl even though madden would just say the most obvious shit that is just the funny thing is
0: it's so true. It's so true. At the end he'd be like, "That's a flag which means that's a penalty." Like he would do that. <laughs> but but I think it's only because he was so he was so transformational when he started. Yeah. Like there had never been anybody like him. But then when you hear him for 30 years, I mean like there's only so much that any of us can can say <laughs> without repeating ourselves. So after a while it started to get a little repetitive, but uh, you know, he's the, for color commentators. Not only is he the best there's ever been; yeah. nobody's even close.
1: Yeah, I miss him. I miss I miss hearing him. It was it was like the, the I kind of lost a little bit for from the NFL. It started to fade with me after he left because there was just something lovable about his stuff. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm just a Raiders fan. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, you know, a diehard Raiders fan from the '70s and uh, Ken Stabler and all that stuff. Oh, so. gosh.
0: It was just incredible. I'm old. <laughs> no, no, but that's an incredible thing. I've actually, uh, you know, I'm trying to do this football book, and I'm thinking about doing it in in ways that are similar to the baseball mm-hmm. book, uh, which would mean including all of these other bonus moments. And I was like, I think I'm going to have to have a category just for the Raiders, I think, because there were yeah. there were so many – Ken Stabler moment, the Holy Roller, and the post, and 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 uh, the Sea of Hands, and all these other plays that the Raiders uh, were, you know, famously did. Um, but yeah, I mean, not to turn this around on you, but th- that that kind of had to break your heart when they went to Las Vegas. No.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, no, hold on. I live in Las Vegas.
0: Oh, so it was good. No, so I was
1: I was very happy. I've <laughs> hated that stupid Oakland field. Because I've oh, yeah. I've been to the games and I've watched you know other people hurt and trip themselves in that stupid dirt. Oh yeah, and and I've been I was I've been angry about that for years. So yeah, when they moved to Vegas, I was actually happy because I live in Vegas and I'm That's like, you great. guys moved
0: to where I live. That's Way great. And I've, so I saw a bunch of games in Kansas uh, in Oakland because I was the uh, columnist in Kansas City for years, and so I w- saw a bunch of games and I had beer thrown on me all over the time. I mean, just like just just. You, you know wear a suit to a football game in Oakland and good luck you oh, know, yeah that, that's not gonna work and
1: you don't go on 49ers uh, versus Oakland oh gosh it's like a prison yard it's when yeah. you go there that for the thing but uh, back to baseball the uh, uh, so this is awesome and uh, I think it will dear people to the game and remind people why it's so great in fact you give me epiphanies to as to really You know what the real difference is between there and why it's valued so much, and why it's it's uh, it's kind of connects us. You know, I I always love that old line from Billy Crystal, and I'll probably butcher it here, but something about how he could never talk to his dad. I think it's from a movie, uh, and he's like, "I can never talk to my dad," but the one thing we could always talk about was baseball.
0: Yeah, yeah, from uh, City Slickers. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's it's a it's a it's so true. Well, what I got back. Know if I mentioned this earlier? from the baseball 100 where all of these people saying all of these telling me all these stories right mm-hmm. and in the early stage of this book that's been even more true and mm-hmm. it, it's it's incredibly i mean it just it just makes my heart glow to to think about all of these people who come up to me who will say you know what I wasn't a big baseball fan. I Like I used to be a huge baseball fan Then I kind of Love lost it. interest and I've read your book and it's kind of brought me back to baseball or even cooler. I mean, not that that's, it can be a whole lot cooler than that. Even cooler. They'd be like, I, I kind of lost touch with baseball, but my daughter read your book and oh, wow. now we talk about baseball all the time, oh. you know? And, and that's, that's awesome. I mean, to me, that's sort of what the game is and should be. And and mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, look, I I fully understand people who have sort of moved on from the game, but there are a lot of people who loved it when they were growing up. And and when you if you love it when you're growing up, there's always a little part of you that sort of <laughs> stays, stays a baseball fan. I think.
1: Yeah, I've been loving the the new. Is it called the hitbox? What is it called? Where they where they show where the ball is?
0: Oh, and I love they can, it. Yeah, that's you can so.
1: sit there and you can be like, yeah, hey, I'm part got it wrong, <laughs> you know. Hey. Cuz you know, you, you used to fight about stuff. I remember back when the NFL was having an issue. You mentioned the young daughter who got interested in the game. You know, women like love the background, the personalities, the things. Yeah. And of course, men do too cuz you know, we'd be like, you know, this guy came up from the juniors and leagues and stuff. Um and I remember when the NFL uh, they made some changes or did some some of the announcers to try and drum that sort of business up, uh, of getting women interested in football too, you know, and, and he's married to so-and-so and, right. you know, that sort of story thing. But yeah, reminding us of the greatness of the game and, and how long it's been around and, and, uh, bringing people back to it and right. Hey, yeah, I should go watch. You reminded me, I, I need to go watch some more, uh, baseball games and stuff and see how the Dodgers are doing. I certainly like the Dodgers now that they got rid of the, that old owner guy who was, <laughs> was charging fifty dollars <laughs> for hot dogs and and uh, still, you would still pay for the parking. parking.
0: Lot. Yeah, he still does. Owns- he really? Oh yeah, still owns the parking lot. I remember,
1: son of a gun, I went years ago, and it was when he still owned it. And I went; it was like fifty bucks or something, or seventy-five bucks to park. I'm like, what the hell? I bought the tickets, and I got to buy the parking. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then the oh, hot dogs were like, you know, I need to mortgage my house for a hot dog and a drink. But uh, he still owns the parking lot. Darn it. But uh yeah, good stuff. Uh final thoughts as we go out and pitch out to the audience on the book.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I I loved the book has been so such an incredible experience already. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you write a, a baseball book, any kind of sports book, I don't think you expect it to sort of get into the into the sort of pop culture world the way that this book has. And and so it's mm-hmm it's something I'm incredibly honored by and surprised by and all of that, but it's been so cool for me to see people reconnect with baseball, see people who, who have always connected with baseball, um, people who, who, who have new connections to baseball, kids that have come up to me and there've been a lot of young kids who have come up oh, to me about this. And all of that is just, I mean, it's, 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 it blows my mind, honestly, you know, (laughs) you write a book and you have, you have hopes, obviously. Uh, Mm. But for, you you don't necessarily think, oh, this is going to be, you know, the bestseller and this is going to, you know, stay on the list for weeks and it's going to do this. I mean, none of those things come to mind when you're writing a a baseball book. Um, But it does show, I, I think the strength of, of baseball fanhood, uh, hmm. I think there are a lot of people who just love the game and 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 want and want something happy. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, it's it's this book is nothing but. There's no controversy in it. There's I mean, <laughs> other than people who are going to argue with me about what should have been in there. Um, but it's nothing but happy. I mean, that's that's what it is. There's this is there's no no politics. There's no uh, um, you know any sense of of anger about the country. It's just happy baseball stories. And and uh, um I think I think that's maybe why it's 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 doing so well. I think that's maybe why people are really relating to it and and I love it. I absolutely love it.
1: There you go. It's resonating with a lot of people and endearing them and reminding them of their memories, you know, like I've been talking we've been talking here about memories that I haven't talked about for a long time and thought about and might go watch some old games of Tommy the <laughs>
0: There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go watch Tommy Lasorda beat up the Philly Fanatic again. Like that, like that. That was one of my favorite little moments. The Fanatic was kind of making fun of him and he wasn't having it. Tommy Lasorda was. I think not I
1: remember that vaguely. It. I got to yeah. go pull that it's up. On
0: YouTube. Just pop it on YouTube. Just like you go. Tommy yeah. Lasorda and Philly Fanatic and it'll pop up.
1: He was such a character. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, Joe. Thank you very much. And it's been fun.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: There you go. Uh, folks, order up the book where refined books are sold. You can find it. It's out now. But stay away with this Alleyway Book stories. You might get mugged. Uh, the book is called Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments, September 5th, 2023. And uh, remember, we're coming into the holidays. might be a great gift to give to your father for Christmas and all that good stuff. You can sit and reminisce about the past. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, everyone. And we'll see you guys next time. That's your have a sound show.